Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Julia. Oh, that was loud. That's good. We missed a trick this morning, didn't we, saying goodbye to Sarah? We could have done the old uh, action song. You must be strong and big. No, I'm lost on it. I'm glad we didn't. I embarrassed myself. Um, morning, everyone. It's uh, great to be back. It feels like it's been a, uh, a long summer. I've enjoyed Cafe Church for those who came. It was good, wasn't it? Getting to know each other, chatting a bit around tables. Um, but it's really nice to be back and, um, and speaking to you this morning. Um, it's been a good summer for someone like me. Do you know why? Loads of athletics on the telly. <laughs> I love athletics. Who's watched any of the athletics? What do we have? The World Championships, followed by the European Championships, followed by the Commonwealth Games. Wherever you went, there was athletics on the telly, and it was great. So we're going to start with a little clip from the athletics this morning. If it works, let's hope it works. This is my favourite moment of the entire summer, by the way. Oh, no sound. Got no sound. Oh, he's taking the goal. McCorkle's had a silver in the Europeans, but this would be incredible. Cheptai accelerates again. Playing etched on both their faces, side by side, shoulder to shoulder. Who wants it the most? Listen to the crowd. This is absolutely incredible. History is being rewritten here in Birmingham in spectacular fashion. Elish McColgan is the Commonwealth champion, just like her mum was back in 1986. She's beaten a former World Cross Country champion to do it. This is the performance of her lifetime. All that work, all those miles for all those years, and she has become the Commonwealth champion. That was spectacular. Kipritic takes the bronze, but it's McColgan who takes the headlines here. That was incredible. Well, and we mustn't forget, amidst all this, that Ellis McColgan's been announced for the London Marathon in a few weeks' time. October the 2nd, she's got to start focusing on a marathon pretty soon. And there is the embrace between mother and daughter. Two proven champions. History does repeat itself. And somehow McColgan staying... Watch it again. I could watch it again and again and again. Did anyone see that first time round? Yeah. So Ailish, um, Ailish is a bit of a kind of legend of, of um, British running. But what, what is it with our female mid middle distance runners? And our men until Mo Farah. They seem to run and then they, they, they seem to lead races, they're really brave, they're, kind of, they're there on the cusp, and then they lose. And it happens time and time again, and in fact, to Ailish, it happened this summer. So she ran in the World Championships in both the 5K and the 10K, and lost in both races. She came second in the European Championships and was absolutely devastated because she thought she was going to win there. And then she came back again a week later to run the Commonwealth Gold against someone who she wasn't expected to beat in that Kenyan athlete, Kepchigai, and then and, and just beat her on the, in the last 100 metres. And uh, you can see there, she was crying, her mum was crying, everyone in the crowd was crying, I was crying, everyone was crying. And um, this morning we're at the, at the beginning of the book of, of Joshua. And, and I want to really focus on um, being strong and courageous. And I think in that clip, and, and I'll come back to it because there are, there are lots of things about Ailish's story where I think she is strong and courageous. 
Um, and it felt like a good time to launch into Joshua and to think about being strong and courageous. I think as a church, we're going into a, well, we're in the middle of a period of uncertainty, aren't we? We're, um, we're going to pray later for the appointment of a, a new leader, which is happening in the next couple of weeks. The network is going through a, a time of change. We've had all sorts of, um, of, of horrible things happen, really. I mean, um, so, you know, I, I'm, I'm mindful that every time I have a conversation with someone, there's a kind of a, a bit of a lowness to it. We're at a bit of a low ebb. And I think Joshua's message is really important to, for us to hear about being strong and courageous in, in that moment. So, just a bit of practicalities. Um, there's a kid's going to listen to me, then you're quite welcome to, but that is intended for the kids, although anyone can go and do it. You've also got a, um, a little note sheet here. So, I wanted this morning to be really, really practical. Um, I will, I'm going to go over quite a lot of, of kind of biblical stuff and... and but I, I want this to sort of start off thinking, what difference does this make to me and how can I really make it make a difference to me? So I've given you a little, um, a little sheet here. I'll be pausing you at various points in the sermon to write down some notes and then you can take it away, okay? But before we start, in the bottom left, uh, bottom right-hand corner as you look at it here, it says, how strong and courageous do you feel today? So if 10 is the strongest and bravest you have ever felt, Number 10. And zero is, I am terrified, afraid, and not at all strong or courageous. Write down a number. 10 is the most bold and courageous you've ever felt. Zero is the least. Write down a number. Just how strong and courageous do you feel today? Pens. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, I, I got around lots of the room, but not, not everybody. I'm not going to ask you to share this, by the way. This is just for you. Anything you write on this sheet is just for you. I'm not going to ask anybody to share anything that they write. This is like your little own personal plan. All right. Everyone got a number? I'm going to split this talk into three parts, and you've got three other sections on the sheet that you can use. Um, and I think we can be strong and courageous, and I think Joshua's story leads us to a place of strength and courage for three reasons. One is we can be strong and courageous because of what God has done for us in the past, and we can hold to those things that God has already done for us. The second is we can be strong and courageous because of what God, who God is now and what God's doing in our presence right now. And the third thing is we can be strong and courageous because of what God has for us in the future. And those three things, I think, really come out of our Bible reading this morning, and I'm going to unpack that for us. So there's stand on the promises of the, uh, stand on what God's done for us in the past, stand on who God is now, and stand on what God's promised us in the future. They're the three kind of key messages. So let's just launch into that um, and, and look at what God's done for us in the past. And, and I think it's really helpful to place Joshua in, its con in his context. So we've had a story up until this point of Joshua, haven't we? And it's the story of the Israelites. So God chose Abraham, and he said to Abraham, it's your family that will make up the people of Israel. And the first books of the Bible talk about their growth, um, but then their enslavement in Egypt. 
and they are slaves for the Egyptians for many, many years. But Moses leads the Israelites out of slavery. You know, in all of those miraculous stories that we hear about, he takes them across the Red Sea. As the Red Sea parts, he moves across and it washes away his enemies. And he, made, he makes Moses a promise and he makes the Israelites a promise about the land they would inherit. He tells them that they would settle and they would have a country of their own. They would put down roots. He gave them the law through the Ten Commandments um, at, at Mount Sinai. And from there, great kind of hope arose and they moved out and they went on this journey um, to go and inherit that promised land. And they crossed through the desert, which should have been a relatively um, short, short story. They sent spies out into, the, into the Canaan, into the promised land that we, we hear about this morning. And, the, and 10 of the spies come back and go, oh, I can't do that. That looks big and scary. And God gets really cross with them. Um, and for the consequence of that is for 40 years, they spend wandering around the wilderness. Um, with, with uh, moaning and grumbling and arguing with each other and being disobedient. So the story of the Israelites up to date has been, has been one that isn't as good as it should have been. And God's got cross with them and to the point where God gets cross with Moses because Moses gets cross with the people. And he says to Moses, you're not going to see the promised land either. So the, the, the consequence is a whole generation that should have seen the promised land don't get to see it for themselves. And that brings us to a point of Joshua. So Moses has died. God is appointing a new leader uh, in Joshua, and he's about to take the people to claim the land that God had given them years and years before to end this period of uncertainty for them. So it's a place of huge excitement, of expectation, of finally we're going to claim the promised land, the thing that, that God's been calling us to. And we know from Joshua's story previously, if you read back through the Bible, that he's been trained and groomed and, and, and shaped and molded for this time. He was, he was Moses' assistant. He was one of Moses' generals. He was one of the spies, of the, of the 12 spies that got sent. He was one that came back and said, oh, no, we can do that. We should go. So he wasn't one of the ones that said no. He, he's been trained and equipped to take Moses' place when Moses dies. So he, that's part of his, um, his story. So it's a place of excitement and expectation, but it's also a place of fear because they've been here before. We were on the cusp last time. We messed it up. We got it wrong. Moses got it wrong. I'm not Moses. I'm Joshua, and I'm nervous about stepping into that, that leading place. So it could be a place of absolute fear. Expectation, hope, and fear and nervousness, I think, is what captures, um, captures Joshua's story. That's his past and when he approaches God and he approaches the promised land, that's who he is. He's defined by it. That's shaped him. That's who he is. And I was thinking about Ailish. Um, so anyone know anything about Ailish? Just out of interest? There was, there's a clue. She's Scottish. She's very Scottish. And there's another famous Scottish runner, isn't there? Who's the other famous Scottish runner? Her mum, Liz. Okay. So just as Joshua's groomed in, uh, and molded in, in, uh, in Moses' image, I have this thing of, of Ailish just walking in her mother's footsteps the whole time. She's a professional athlete. And until she gets a gold like her mum did all those years ago, the weight of expectation on her as a runner, every time she, she, she hits the track, people go, oh, there's, there's McColgan. Her, her, her mum was a good runner, wasn't she? You know, there's that expectation there. But she worked so incredibly hard, just as Joshua trained under Moses. Liz is Ailish's coach, 
And hours and hours and years and years of practice and practice and practice led her to this place. I laugh when she, um, when she lost in the, the World Championships. She'd run two 5,000-meter heats and a 10,000-meter final and lost both of those. And, and you know how it is when they stick a microphone under your face just as you're in tears and you know, all hot and sweaty. And, the, and, and the, the woman says to her, tell us what it's like to lose. And she was just like, oh. And then she said, well, it's not really losing it. It's just another 20,000 meters of training. And I was just like, what an absolutely brilliant answer. And that's it exactly captures her mileage. She's just done the hard yards. And she'd, she'd experienced lots of disappointments before. 10,000 meters wasn't her event. She did steeplechase and then, and then the 5,000. So just like the Israelites, she wandered around the desert for a bit until she settled and found her, found her place. Um, and when she's there in that end point, digging deep and going, okay, here's my chance. I'm on the shoulder of this athlete coming into that, that clip that we saw there in that last 200 meters. She's got a draw on everything. She's got a draw on it, all that identity. She's got a draw on all of that training. She's really got to dig deep to get um, to, to where, she, where she thinks she's going, to her, her promised land, if you like. So I wanted to, to kind of to say that, that our past can be so kind of foundational for us, can it? It can be a positive. It can lead us to a place of expectation and hope and, and joy and, and, the, and the, 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 the cusp, but it can also be a drawback. It can be something that, we, that holds us back. You, you know, Ailish could have suffered in the identity of her mum and never, never felt like she could step out, step out from it. It can be both a positive and a negative. And so I wonder what defines you as a person when we come to think about your past and your history, what is it that defines you as a person? What's your training been in? What have you been equipped to do? What have you felt as your destiny, the thing that you're called to do? What is the things that hold you back? What are the things that restrict you? What are your hurts and your habits and your hang-ups? What are those um, past relationships and, and, um, or those failures, the things that you've, you've not managed to do? When have you felt let down, like it's not been as you'd expected to be? I wonder where in the past, either in this church or in your personal life, you, you've, um, you've, you've, kind of, you've, you've seen God at work. Where's that positive stuff that God's been doing in your life historically? So I just thought, take a moment. On the, there's one called Memorial Stones on the left here. Just write down. One or two things that define who you are as a person in your past. What is it that defines you, positive or negative? What are the things that you're holding on to from your past? How has God impacted you in the past? So the story plays out, and I'm going to jump you forward a few um, chapters of Joshua's story because obviously we know that he does, um, he does step out from the place he is in, talking to God in Joshua 1, and he crosses the Jordan, and they do inherit the promised land. But the story of how that plays out is really interesting, and, and I promise to be practical and give you something that you could take away this morning. So here's one thing. The, the story of how Joshua takes the people across the Jordan um, 
is very reminiscent of the parting of the Dead Sea. He, the, the river's in flood. It's practically impossible to cross it. And he, walk, he instructs the priest to carry the ark to the, si to the side of the river. And as the ark approaches the side of the river, the river parts. And they place the ark in the middle of the river, and the water stays apart on both sides, wide enough to give the Israelites safe passage across the Jordan. And they walk across the Jordan, and they take the, the priest last, take the ark, and the water folds back in again. So they cross the Jordan in this miraculous way. And jo Joshua says to, um, to, the, to the tribes of Israel, he says, appoint a person, and each of you will erect a stone to remember what God did for us the day we crossed the Jordan. So they build this, this ring of memorial stones at the site where they crossed the Jordan as a, as a testament to what God has done. And I, 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 one of the things God spoke to me about in preparing this is, uh, and Wendy and I were talking about it, is I wonder whether we hold on strongly enough to the things that God has done for us in the past. Because we have all got testimony. We've all got stories of what God's done for us previously. And, and the, the people who I know who, who lived the strongest in their faith over an extended period of time capture those things. Because when the trial comes and when the difficult time comes and when difficult things happen, they can look back on those memorial stones. They can look back on the things that God did for them in the moment and they can say, I can get through this. I can be bold and courageous. I can be strong and courageous because I know what God did for me there. And the memorial stones are really important in Joshua's story, I think, just to remember what God has done for us. And I, I, mean, I think that's really relevant for us as a church. We have, we have 100 plus years of, of work in this community, haven't we? We've, we've seen the Holy Spirit move in amazing ways. We've seen people's lives transformed and changed through what God's been doing through us. And we have to hold on in these moments where sometimes it feels difficult and, oh, we've got to go through another interregnum. We have to hold on to those memorial stones. The things that God has done for us in the past give us courage and strength as we approach the future. So I wonder, again, just um, if you want to make a note, just some of the things that God has done for you, scribble them down, but, but really out of today, you know, just go away and have a think about it. Or from now onwards, just write down every time something, something really you feel like God's speaking to you or you feel like God's doing something to you, capture it. Make your own memorial stone. So we can be strong and courageous because of what God's done for us in the past. Um, and Joshua was certainly leaning on that story of who he was, who he'd been um, molded and shaped to be, and the, uh, and the story of God's provision to Israel through the Exodus and then into, um, as he crossed into the promised land. Um, but I, I was just thinking that it doesn't really sometimes feel like that history is enough, does it? You know, when you're in that moment and you, 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 you're afraid or you're fearful, is it enough just to look back and to say, well, this is what happened in the past? I think you need something in the morning. You know, you're going to get up out of bed every day and go again. You need something in the here and now. So it's also, I think, about who God is in the, pres in the present. And every time I preach, God gives me a similar message. And last time I actually spoke on it, I think my sermon was called, you know, who, who, who I am or, you know, it's like reflecting on who is God, what is the nature and character of God, about his glory and his majesty, about his strength and his power, about the fact that we have the creator God, a God that is, 
um, is, is capable of doing more than we can possibly imagine or, or think of. He's an incredible God, and he's our God. So when we go through difficult times or when we approach, as Joshua did, towards the promised land. We carry this might and this mem. When we progress Joshua's story through, it's amazing what happens. So he stood on the banks of the river thinking, I'm going to have to go and fight the Ammonites and fight the Hittites, and this is going to be bloody and messy. The spies, the reason they didn't go was because they didn't think they could win the battle. That was the reason they reported back and said, no, we can't do it. And yet, in the first passages, as Joshua moves into the land, he doesn't fight anybody. The, the first set he goes to fight, he rocks up with the Israelites, and they all look at him and go, oh, God's with him, we're getting off. And they all just left. He didn't even have to fight. And then they get to Jericho, and Jericho, this kind of fortress that is impenetrable, undefendable. And when they did some wacky stuff, didn't they? They blew horns, and they walked around the walls, and, and everything. And they, you know, the, 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 the way that God uh, equips us to do things that we don't expect to do, it's not the way that we think about it. And Joshua's story is one of great encouragement because he won battles that he never thought it was possible for him to win. In fact, he didn't win the battles at all. God went with him and won the battles for him. And that's really important in the present, to remember who this God that we have is. And the good news is, in this passage this morning in Joshua 1, um, he reminds Joshua three times that not only have you got this mighty, powerful God, but I, God, will always be with you. I will never leave you or abandon you. I, the Lord your God, am with you everywhere you go. He says it three times to him in a very short space of time. You, I am with you. I am never leaving you. I'm always here. And that's not to say that Joshua wouldn't have been afraid. I think he'd have been terrified. I think he would have been afraid. Um, and uh, as I was kind of contemplating, I remembered a quote from um, Nelson Mandela. Um, and I think it's really helpful for us. And it says... I learned, this is Mandela speaking, I learned that courage was not the absence of fear. It's not that I'm not afraid, but the triumph over it. The brave man is not who does not feel afraid, but he who conquers that fear anyway. That's the, the, the spirit, I think, that we have in Joshua, that he is afraid, but because God goes with him and because he can rely on God in the moment, then he can overcome, overcome that fear. Now, I can testify to that personally. Um, I think I might have said this a few weeks ago, but I've just moved job situations. Um, I was working for the network in my perfect job, my dream job. I loved working there. I loved the people I was working for. I felt like I'd already got my promised land. I knew that God was leading me to that. I, uh, I was doing everything that I, that I felt I should be doing. My quality of life was great. I worked five minutes from home and church, and everything was nice, and I loved the people, and it was all good, and then God nudged me and said, I want you to go there. And if I'm honest, I was terrified. In fact, I'm still terrified. I, I spent a month, maybe two months, of, of waking up in the middle of the night sweating and having panic attacks. I, I spent nights where I just couldn't sleep at all because I was wrestling. God, is this really what you're asking me to do? Why would you be asking me to do this? I don't want to do it. And I got to a point um, the day or two before I made the decision where I, I really could pinpoint the thing that I was feeling was just fear. I was afraid. I was afraid of the change. I didn't want to make the change, and I was terrified. And, and I, when I could name what I was feeling, I could then turn it over to God. And this is, this is a kind of very um, a practical thing, because there's a close link in the Bible between fear and the presence of God. 
over and over and over again, when, when fear is there, um, you were called to, to rely on the presence of God. So be strong and courageous, Deuteronomy. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or never leave you or forsake you. Very similar to Joshua. Um, God is our refuge and strength. This is one of our Bible passages as a church, Isaiah 46. Um, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in times of trouble. We will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved to the heart of the sea, though the waters roar and foam and the mountains tremble and swell in. We will not fear. Fear not, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, I'll help you, I'll uphold you with my righteous right hand. Time and time again, this Bible ver verses come about God being with you through difficult times when you're fearful. And God tells Joshua this, doesn't he? He commands him to be strong and courageous, but he commands him to do other things as well. And here's the, the, the way, the how. Okay, that's the why. God's God is always with you. That's the why. The how. How do I do this, God, in the moment? You do three things. Make sure that you obey the whole law. Study the word of God day and night and worship. And those three things, and when, God, when God's talking to Joshua in Joshua 1, they're the three things that he says. And my testimony is, the day that I made the decision to move and to overcome the fear for me moving job, I was walking from home to the, to the network office and I had worship music on in my ears. I was genuinely worshiping and just outside the office, I virtually broke down in tears and God conquered fear through worship. And I can't describe it any other way than that. I, I, it, it went from me through worship and it was the very practical act of worshiping God in the midst of the, of the crisis that created the space for me to conquer the fear and to move into the next thing, okay? So, reflection time before I do the final bit. Um, what's holding you back from being strong and courageous in the here and now? And who is God? So on the section here, I think I put who is God. Write down some truths that you know about God. Things that you can hold to now about who God is how does that help you to be strong and courageous today Last bit, future. Who can tell me what the future holds? Change? Change? Certain death. Yeah, certain death. Aside from that, that's it. Um, so the question is, how can we be strong and courageous when, to be fair, we haven't got a clue what the future holds? None of us. Do we? Really? So this morning's passage, when God's talking to Joshua, he, he, make, he talks of a promise. And I, 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 love, I love this, um, this bit, um, where he sets out a clear vision of what Joshua is going to inherit. Okay? 
Um, and he does it in, like, I, I, I imagine it, and I don't think it was like this, because the jog would see this ahead of him. That's how I envisage it. I don't think it is. I think you probably got to do it on a map, because it, it's so, so big. But I can kind of almost imagine him stood on a ledge, looking out over the land, and God says to him, I will give you every place you set your foot. Your territory will extend from the desert in Lebanon over here to the great river, the Euphrates over here, all that Hittite country all over there, you know, and then that Mediterranean Sea there. And this whole space, this is yours. This is the land that you inherit. So those, those places are significant because they represent the parameters, the perimeters of where God's mapping out for them to, to go and to... Um, to and, I, and I think I'd love that. I'd love to get on a ledge with God. And I'd love God to go, here's your life, Kev. It's there, and it's there, and it's there, and it's there. And how often does that happen? How often do we hear clearly what our inheritance is going to be? Anyone ever had that? I mean, some people have had that experience. Ailish had that experience. Ailish set her life goal to win gold. That's what she's trained for. That's what she's worked for, yeah? Some people have such a strong sense of what their vision and their purpose is that being strong and courageous that's really helpful for being strong and courageous on a rainy wet day in the middle of scotland and she's having to run another half marathon that's what drives you i've got this goal i know where i'm going i know where i'm headed this is this is my ambition but i don't think many of us have that i can't tell you really in this new job what that big vision is i probably could at the network to be fair in a weird way, and now being moved into something new, I don't think I can tell you what that kind of, um, what that big vision is. I'm always like in awe of people who have uh, like life, uh, battle their life defining issues. I mean, our, our recovery community here in church is incredible, isn't it? Because for, for some of those folks, they can clearly articulate their vision. They do it in a different way. It's, to, it's for freedom. It's to overcome the battle. It's to get up the following day. You know, those small things are really important. So, but it's enough because it's in the future and it's something you're working towards. And that, that sense that we have a, a future that we're working towards is really helpful for us to gain strength and courage. And, I, and, and when I was unpacking some of that, I was thinking, okay, so not all of us have this very big well-defined vision of what the future is but we do all have some things in common god gives us all a vision we all have a picture of the type of world that god would desire i think a world of justice and peace and love and hope we can work towards the type of world that we want to be better than it is now we've all participated in a community here at st andrews which has some of those things represented for it, doesn't it? We want to see streets that are free from poverty. Yeah? We want to see young people grow up to be safe and confident in this community. We want to see an end to addiction in this community. Those are, are things that, that can set us a vision for the future, and we can work towards them. They're, they're something that we all share as a, as a common goal. And we can also have a, a kind of more personal vision about God's, uh, about how we, its vision, or the world and justice in its vision, we can be kind, and we can be gentle, and we can be loving, and we can be patient. And those are things that we can hold to as a vision of who we should be. So if we can't, even if we can't articulate it in that grander stuff, we know the type of person that God's calling us to be, I would argue. 
And when God was um, uh, speaking to me about this, those, those Euphrates, Hittite country, Mediterranean Sea in the West, I started to replace them just to see what it would feel like with other things. So here's the land you shall inherit. It goes from Lorenzo Drive to Windsor Road. It goes from Mill Lane to Utting Avenue. You can do it like that, can't you? The parish is our map. The deanery, it can go from Croxteth to Kensington to North Liverpool is our, you will inherit that land. Maybe you replace the geography with issues. You will inherit a land that is free of gun crime, a free of drugs, a free, a free of pain and suffering. We can face down some of those things that affect and control our communities. Or maybe it's closer to home. Here's the land you'll inherit, a one where you don't get angry with your kids, a one where you're not jealous of those around us and constantly striving to be like somebody else. A land where you're reconciled and forgiven by those who either you've hurt or have hurt you. Those are things that we can hold to as a hope for the future. And sometimes we have to kind of narrow it down even further than that. The step we need to take into the promised land is literally just to leave the place that we're staying because we can get stuck. And all we need to do in terms of vision is to go, that's my next step. Get up in the morning, wake up, put your makeup on, get dressed, go to the place that you're struggling to go to. Just make the step. Or go and knock on the door of your neighbor and see how you can do what you can do to, you know, the, the, the vision is I'm gonna have a really good relationship with my next door neighbor. That's it. But the encouraging thing in all of this is in Joshua's story, he doesn't do it. God does it all the time. God does it. And I think that's a, that's a theme, isn't it? We, you know, we keep coming back to it. It sounds a bit trite sometimes, but God wins the battles for us. We don't win them. All we do is get in line with what he's doing. God brings about the change, and we have to have that dependence on God to see it. So I just wondered, for the last bit, you've got a, I can't remember what I called it on here now, promised land. There you go. You've got a section called promised land. What's your promised land out of all of that? Is it something big and grand that you can articulate really clearly? Or is it something really small and personal? But just write down, what did I say to do? Two or three words that represent what you think God's got for your future. done be strong and courageous it's not a it's not a suggestion it's not a question it's a command i am commanding you be strong and courageous take that's not me oh doris i nearly got away with it i nearly got through a whole sermon without your phone going off have you do you want me to turn it off for you it's your phone's going your phone's going Yeah? It's all right. 
Be strong and courageous. I don't know, I'm going to get this back. I'm not going to get it back, am I? Maybe I will. Um, be strong and courageous. That's the command. That's what it says in this passage that we've read this morning. And, and, and I, I hope I've helped you to, to frame how, because how is a really difficult question when you're not feeling strong and courageous, isn't it? And the how is, what's God done for you in the past? How do you tell that story? How do you hold on to it in difficult times? Who is God here and now? Who is he to you? And the promise that he never leaves you and never forsakes you. He'll always be with you. And what has God got for you in the future? And if you can, ha- if you can try to articulate those three things, I think it will build up a strength and a courage in us beyond what we've got now. The, the practical application of all of that is amazing in here because it's all about following the law, reading the Bible, worshipping, Yeah. The actual, how do you get in step with God? How do you remember what he's done before? How how do you recognize who he is now? And how do you know what he's got for you in the future? That's all about a journey with God based on the word of God, prayer and worship, I think. So so let's let's do that work of getting, getting serious with God, reading the Bible, worshiping together, praying together. And really get into what it means to be strong and courageous. So we're going to, Seth's going to come up. We're going to lead us um, in a bit of uh, music time and worship time. Have a review of your sheet. Um, we're going to offer some ministry time at the front here. If there's stuff in that you've written that you think would be really helpful to pray with another person over. Uh, I'm thinking in particular things that are like historical barriers, things that you're holding in your past. You know, are you like Ailish? Your mum's done it and you want to do it, but you just can't find a way to do it. If that's you, come and get prayer for that. Um, If it's lack of clarity over your future and your vision, get prayer for that. Come and pray with somebody for any one of those bits that you've um, you've written on your sheet.